It's Kitchen Table Spirituality, a weekly devotional. I'm here with the pontificating, the hooded, the robed, the scholarly Charlie Eastman of Southboro Pilgrim Congregational Church in Massachusetts. And I'm here with the bearded, the bearded, the very bearded Jonathan Malone of First Baptist Church in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. Sorry, I wasn't ready for that. No, well, I, as Shel Silverstein once said, my beard grows down to my toes, and so I wear snow clothes. I just wrap my hair around my bear, and down the road I go. I've been arrested four times. Mm-hmm. He didn't add that part. I needed to. Um, okay. he, yeah, East Greenwich Police has told me, stop it. So, Charlie, welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. I, I took an actual break while we took a break. Did you also take a break, or did you work through that time? I, I worked, um, but I, I eased up a little bit. I tried to stay home more. Um, you know, but we still had worship the next Sunday, so I had stuff to yeah. do. You know, that someone once told me the week after Christmas is the dumbest time to take vacation because not much happens anyway. No, that's like, true. save your save your time off for, but given the situation of when I started and how yeah. I didn't need time off, given there was nowhere to go, you I, know, I don't yeah. have the hiking problem that you have, right? Not yet. The hiking problem. I'm glad you put it that way. You know, that well, makes me think that perhaps this year I'll take the week before Christmas off for vacation. I'm oh, sorry, the week before Easter. I'll oh, that'll the week go over like Easter. a Led Zeppelin, yeah. Well, Led Zeppelin is uh, an award-winning band. Indeed they are. And well-deserved. And well-deserved. Well, At the record state. In yeah. fact, they might be the official band of Kitchen, Kitchen Table Spirituality. Um, they haven't responded to any of my text, letters, emails, or um, or Ravens, but give it Fascinating, time. but not surprising. I would have thought the Ravens would have done it. Yeah. If anything would have worked. Maybe said, that would have worked with Jethro Tull. It might have. Well, I, I mean, I just asked one running back from Baltimore to go and talk to Led Zeppelin, and mm-hmm. he hasn't returned yet. So, Oh, boy. That joke would be better if I actually knew any of the names of the players on the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I don't know either. Not I just, like that they're called the Ravens, though, as a fan of Poe. Well, and that was the reason why. It was yeah. an homage to Poe. Nice. So anyway, how are things... We're back. We're we're moving along here. We're loose. We're we're ready to get back into mm-hmm. our spirituality. I, I I hope people were okay not having any time of praying next last week, or maybe you prayed on maybe your own. Maybe they said their own prayers. Oh my goodness! I can't believe we came to that conclusion. No, it, that's that's scary because that'll put us out of a job. Difficult ground. Yeah, please yeah, don't. Every time the pastor urges people to pray, there's yeah. that moment of oh, oh boy. Yeah, what if they do it? Don't pray on your own. It, you'll you'll get hurt. <laughs> Let Please the pro- pray on your own. Yeah, yeah seriously, yeah. <laughs> you don't need it. Let the professionals do it. No, no, everyone. How are things going at Pilgrim Congregational they, they Church? They are well. I mean, it's been a it's been a fairly quiet moment as as well as we um. Hmm. What's what's the big thing right now? I mean, honestly, preparing, making sure our annual reports are hmm. turned in and and collated into our annual report for our annual meeting. January tends to be a kind of a more inward focused time. Yep. Um, but, um, looking ahead, I've been doing a lot of planning, um, getting ready for the next season. And we've been happy to welcome our interim, uh, minister of music, Andrus Madsen has been playing, um, a number of beautiful pieces and putting things together for us. And it's been Mm. wonderful. And I think there's a lot of joy around that process. So, oh, that's great. I think that's, that's the main thing to share right now. Good. Moving along. Yeah. That's excellent. So yeah, that, how about East Greenwich? Well, we don't have annual things going on right now. Uh, we do our our meetings in June, in May. Oh yeah. Uh, so you know we uh, we had a nice epiphany service. I'll talk about what we did uh, mm-hmm. in, a, in a little bit. And um, yeah, we're we're kind of easing up 
as well for the next month. Uh, it's really January. important. Churches, um, it, there's real value in having a consistently busy slate of programs and activities and things that help us to be the church. On the other hand, it's really important to honor the ebb and flow of people's lives. And, you know, that's the reason there were feasts and festivals mm. like Epiphany and Christmas and so many others. It was to recognize that there were actually times that the people could spare yeah. when they were able to walk away from the plow for a moment and, and celebrate together. But now the church is being congruent with life, being congruent with everything that's always on now. It's it's really important for us to to recognize there's there's time to ease up on the rhythm. Yes. Yes. And so that's, yeah, we're doing that as well. Because February, we, uh, you know, February is a big month. Uh-huh. We have Valentine's Day. Oh, of course. And President's yeah. Day. Oh, my. Yeah. yeah, these are major days in the calendar of the church. So we've, you know, we need to take a little bit of time this month to get ready for those two days. They're the ma major days in the calendars of some church somewhere, probably, <laughs> but I'm assuming not First Baptist in East Greenwich. Oh, Lent. We do have we yeah. do have Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, yes. Sunday coming up mid January. Yes, that so. is that's yeah that is coming up as well, and that's always a an important day to to reflect, yeah. especially for those of us who come from more Anglo churches. Mm -hmm. um, to I do I do have a um, um, we have a project brewing in the church. I don't have a firm, and I'm not positive at this date. Probably next week I'll be able to announce it, but we're mm. we're attempting to put together a car parade and celebration around uh, Marlboro Hospital. Oh, to nice. thank uh, workers uh, in the hospital on Saturday before Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So honoring those mm -hmm. in service, regardless of whether they're, you know, avowed members of the MLK experience, seems to be an appropriate action for the weekend. So oh, that's excellent. I'll let everybody know if that comes together. Great. Yeah. Looks like it will. And I, I really, like I said, it's kind of slow, so I don't have much to announce right now. Just... Uh, we're going to be That's doing great. worship as we have been. Uh, I'll be reading a story for the children for the children's time. Mm. Uh, you know, and so if you have kids, you know, at least encourage them to sit for that part. Um, is that a <laughs> is that a um, uh, is, you read the same story every year? Or is that something you change up? How do you? That, this is something new that we've been doing. Once we decided to try to reintegrate a children's time into our worship service during this COVID season. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there aren't, we don't have kids coming to church right now. And even if they did, I do not want them sitting up on the steps with me, you know, right sure. next to me. That's yeah. not okay. Uh, so something that's more interactive, uh, a member gave me a really lovely book called Grumpy Monkey. So I, Ooh. yeah, it, it, it fit right up my alley. So I read that. Um, and then I, that's what I've been reading children's books and really and weaving it into the bigger theme of the worship. Oh, that's great. So good. Yeah. And, and good tools. Why not? Why why try and reinvent the wheel when some of the best oh, there's so many good moral instruction there. for kids happens right at the reading level? That's great. Yeah, yeah. So so I I think it's it's I'm so glad that we're both kind of taking it easy. I was afraid I'd come to you and I'd say we're taking it easy, and you would say, "Well, we're not," and I would feel inadequate. Right. Uh, well, that's if churches aren't about competition. I don't know what they're. About, I know, so right? It's, it's appropriate that you would feel inadequate, but you no. Know, <laughs> no I'll, need for that. I'll feel feel inadequate for another reason, but it, you know this conversation gives me this feeling of of newness, oh. of of uh, of a, breaking. Uh, yeah, of, it, it gives me this insight mm. into how to be that I might not have had before. How about that? A, a an epiphany, perhaps. An epiphany, and there's our Andy. segue.
so last Sunday, so this, the day that we're going to drop this. Is Epiphany. Yeah. January 6th, yep. folks. That's the day. That's you, a, you've been in Protestant churches all your life. You might not know that because you, you think, right. oh, it's around the first or second Sunday of January. Well, that's because it usually falls in between. Right. And you may not take down your Christmas count, um, decorations until Epiphany. No, you may not. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Right, right. And I usually go around um, with a roving band of martyrs, uh, marauders, mm-hmm. you know, finding people who have taken down their decorations early mm-hmm. and just standing and, and looking judgingly until they put them oh, back up. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I think most of the Christmas decorations around us are still up. But what about this idea of the 12 days of Christmas? I mean, that is keyed to Epiphany and mm-hmm. how we got, how we get there. And, yeah. and it honors the fact that. The wise ones leave at a certain time and arrive at a certain time, but it, it's interesting. We had a discussion in our spiritual conversations, our Bible study group on Sunday morning. We talked about how how interesting it is that we think of these events as adjacent. Hmm. Like Jesus is right. born, the wise men are there. It's it's just because that's how it appears on the page. Right, right. And we forget that years can go by <laughs> between right. paragraphs and scripture. Yeah, um, yeah, we don't know how long actually, yeah, the wise men were out there doing, you know, how long it took. Exactly. Um, we have the yeah. assumption that Jesus was still a baby based on the way the story is told. But yeah, it could mm-hmm. have been weeks, it could have been months, it could have been at least 12 days. At sure. least. Certainly. Yeah. So, uh, and and it, it makes a great time for a feast. I mean, that's a time, supposed to be a time of feasting and festivals. Mm-hmm. That those 12 days of Christmas. And did you know, Charlie, this is a little known fact. It was actually, it was seven days until they wrote the song, 12 Days of Christmas. And um, and the church said, well, you've got these other days that really work and we need to fit them in. So they extended Christmas just for the song. How about that? Yeah, that's true. Take it to the, take it to the bank. Now, I, I can't tell when you're being facetious. <laughs> Is this one of those internet sarcasm moments that I oh. missed? The you got to remember, at least fifty to seventy-five percent of everything I say is facetious. Okay, so let me walk that back because there mm-hmm. is something that has influenced our whole understanding of this tradition. Yeah, and that is a song that was written in nineteen forty-three. It was uh-huh. a pop hit of its day, uh-huh. and it was called "We Three Kings." Oh yeah, and That's... at the moment that that song was written, we started to have most of the lore around this event that we've accrued hmm. because it does not say three no of anything in well, this story we have it three does gifts. not say right we have three gifts it does not say kings right. either so there is so much lore attached to this event of epiphany that is from a song from just before the civil war yeah and we we like to think our traditions wait what are as, what year was this written 19 or 18 1843. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought I heard 19. Yeah. Okay. 1843. Sorry. Yeah, that is. Right. That, and, and that was um, two years ago. Sorry, before. I wasn't referencing our current Civil War. No. I was referring to the original. Well, 1843 is two years before the uh, Southern Baptist and Northern Baptist split. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And so this song presaged that it clearly. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> but but the author of the song is responsible for, for so much worship that happens now. Right. Pageant plays that are produced yeah. where where three dudes get up and have names of Melchior and Caspar and all this stuff and wearing their bathrobes and, bath uh, and, and in uh, their bathrobes and their King foil crowns. hats 
Yeah, or the Burger King crowns. Yeah, that's... and and make this moment out of this song, but it's not an ancient tradition at all, and it's not necessarily helpful in our understanding of epiphany. Well, I want to. It's an ancient tradition. I think the lore that we've developed around it um, mm-hmm. has is not part of that ancient tradition. It's but, us. Uh, but the Epiphany Festival, yep. <laughs> yeah, geez. the celebration of Epiphany does go back further than 1843. Absolutely. So yeah, yeah. I just wanted to make sure our our listeners. Right. So my point is, we're just putting a lot of trappings on it that that aren't germane to the right. original intent of the but feast. That's okay. It's, what really happened at Epiphany? What do, What do we know from the Bible account? When I say really, what What do we what know? From really scripture? happened. What really happened? Uh, the, what does scripture say really happened? Yeah, wise men from the east came, following a star, talked to Herod, right. had a dream. We went and saw the baby, gave him three gifts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Probably astrologers, right? They yeah. studied stars. Yeah. They they were definitely non the intention from my understanding is definitely people that weren't part of the Jewish tradition already. Right. So Matthew, an author writing for a Jewish author, presumably writing for a Jewish audience, feels it's important to include that that other people that were not part of the family mm. showed up. And this is big. That that for me is is the you know, that that's the crux mm-hmm. of Epiphany. Yeah. That it's yeah, outsiders, non Jews, um, foreigners, and they recognize who Jesus is. And the are world brought in. sees the Christ. Yeah. yeah, the world sees the Christ. Exactly, and then, it, and we have this kind of this stamp of approval from God that God says that God intervenes with them, saying, "Go a different direction. Don't don't even go talk to Herod." Like continues mm-hmm. is a part of God is a part of this. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not san- not a sanctioned maneuver. Right. <laughs> Wasn't supposed to happen. Not part of the plan. Herod had it all worked out. Yeah. Herod, of course, a client king who was presumably Jew- Jewish. Yeah, he was. Um, who who was out to to at first possible intent eliminate the threat and and lest you think this is an anti-Semitic remark, um, a king can mm. only be the king, right? You don't share kingship. There is no king in the world, presumably, who's good at being a king who would want to have a co-king. What what? Yeah, what? come on. So so. I love in the passage for the first time. I mean, we read Matthew chapter two, verses one through 12 every year at this time, because that's the story. Right. And for me, for the first time, I really heard the verse three, I think it is where it says, and Herod was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. Yeah. Because Herod gets that it's about to hit the fan if there's another king on the horizon and all the people recognize, oh no, if there's going to be a game of thrones here, there Mm. will be blood. There will be pain. There will be suffering. And I, I had always kind of glossed over right. the people's trepidation that this is coming. That's that's a big, important note to catch, I think. It, it certainly creates this us and them mm-hmm. in there that those who have power, those who are in the establishment, um, those who are yep. okay with the status quo, yep. when they hear of this new king, they're they're troubled. Revolution. Yeah. It's revolution, baby. That's this is the revolutionary Jesus and and from his birth. Yeah. Revolutionary. So so that that epiphany of the uh, that Jesus is not just for the Jews but for all and all can see him and his kingship. That that is really powerful um mm-hmm. and really wonderful. And and that so during the service we uh, actually I made king's cake and for those who weren't able to watch um if you want to get a great cooking inst- instructional 
of how to make king's cake go to the facebook page I, we go through all the steps um the the worship service is still online so you're able to to watch it afterwards and grab the ingredients Excellent. and a tasty treat mm. um, including with the baby but then uh um not don't eat the baby no no no, no. but put did you baby. find the baby yes oh. i did you I, did i did well i yeah I always okay. find the baby because I always make the cake. Uh, but then this next Sunday, which would be January 10th, is in the liturgical calendar, Baptism of Jesus. There it is. Uh, and, and that's a different, so it, I like how it, it moves. I like how quickly Jesus grows up, first of all. <laughs> in less than a week's time, he goes from infant to 30-year-old. Oh, man. So, folks, that's the lectionary. There, there are other scriptures in between there, and there yeah. are, of course, of course, apocryphal scriptures that we don't even use in church right. that detail events from the childhood of Jesus. Um, but actually, yeah, that's a good episode someday, apocryphal materials, uh, anyway, uh, or a series. You know what? That Actually, actually that episode exists, but I'm not going to allow it to be posted on the canon of Kitchen Table <laughs> Spirituality. All right, Bible geeks got that one. Um, <laughs> Exactly. So, so next week we're going to talk about baptism of the Lord, baptism of Jesus. Um, right. What? Why? Why is this the next step? Yeah. Why does the lectionary choose that next? You know, it. Um, for I was thinking about this. You know, mm -hmm. why? Why do we have this? And I feel like all of this ramping up is this introduction of Jesus, because after that we start to really hear his his ministry. We we gather. Mm -hmm. We hear his preaching. We see what he does. But there's a sense of you need to know who this is. Mm -hmm. uh, you need to have a sense of, of who it is that, that, that we're following. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a certain kind of storytelling device, right? It's, it's always fun when um, you start with a movie and you see a character and you don't know who that character is, but you're just like, oh, there's something mysterious about this person. And then as mm -hmm. the story unfolds, you learn more and more. You right. learn the backstory. Yeah. That's not what the gospel writers are doing, uh, Matthew and Luke. Um, we're going to be, I don't know what the lectionary is, but we're using Luke, the Luke passage for baptism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, they just lay it out. Here's who Jesus is. You need to really get who it is that we're we're um, following and learning about. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I think that, that it, that's, uh, that's part of where that epiphany is so essential um, to, for that broadness. And, and that it's in Matthew. I, you pointed this out, but I want to just say it again. That it's in Matthew, the gospel that, you know, you know, skews more towards a Jewish audience. Mm -hmm. It's really amazing. That's a passage that I would expect to be in Luke. Luke is the one that says, "Hey, all Gentiles, come on in." Right. You know, yeah. it, everyone's welcome. You mm -hmm. would expect the the Magi to be in Luke, but no, they're in Matthew. That's right. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, it it speaks to the fervor of Matthew's mission. Yeah. It, you know, Matthew almost the the stakes are higher. For Matthew, and in, in, I think I love all the Gospels. John, John, I have a little. John and I have a tenuous, more tenuous relationship, but just like your children, you know, um, <laughs> not like my children. Ma Matthew is the one where the stakes are: if I can't convince this group, then right. I won't be able to convince anybody. Right. And yet, Matthew uses this example that look, everybody else is already convinced. So come on along <laughs> don't don't miss out um he creates yeah. a he creates a fear of missing out before that was even a thing um i i love this the movement from birth to baptism but i also recognize now that i'm a part of a tradition that baptizes infants mm. that uh jesus is baptized as a man of many years 
Yeah, I'm going to not say anything snide um, at this point. <laughs> yeah, we can't we can't all be congruent with that perfect <laughs> well, mode of baptism. But here's one of the things I would point out to Baptists. Uh, you know, we look at, say, Jesus calls us to be baptized in the way that he was. Mm-hmm. Perhaps that scriptural precedent is not there so much. Jesus says, go out and baptize people, you know. Right. He doesn't give you a... But in, he doesn't say it has to be this way. Yeah, at it, least 15 years old and not before 40 years old. And, right, no. right. And, you know, and, and, and if you don't, you're going to disappoint your mother. That's yeah. the, you know, Or Jesus, if you don't, you'll go to hell. Well, also, yes. Yeah, which he doesn't for, say that. No, for some, it's the same thing. Disappoint your mother, mm-hmm. hell, it's all the same. Well. You know, but I think part of what's going on in, in the passage about the baptism is not, here's how I want you to do it. I mean, that's going on. That's a part mm-hmm. of it. But it's also another glimpse into who Jesus is. Yeah. I mean, the conversation between John the Baptist and Jesus and some of the other Gospels is profound that Jesus, you know, John says, I shouldn't be baptizing you. You should be baptizing me. You are more than I am. The moment, yeah. the, the revelation that occurs at the... Or, uh, um, at that moment when the sky opens, the Holy Spirit comes down, maybe a yeah, dove, maybe yeah. not, the voice, depends on which gospel you read. These yeah. are all giving us a glimpse of who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And, and and that, yeah, so I think that's all, that's what's going on. Uh, For me, uh, the this is Epiphany 2. We have Epiphany yeah. 1 and then Epiphany 2. Or nice. my, my other favorite analogy is um, Epiphany is a new hope. And then... <gasps> like the movie... And then Epiphany 2, or the Baptism of Jesus, is Return of the Jedi. You missed one. Well, see, there's Empire Strikes Back. Do, does he, he doesn't go out in the wilderness. He does go out in the He's bo- got to go oh, after, yeah, you got to, you know what you need see, to do is. I have to is, change the movie order. No, you got to rearrange the gospel order, that's all. Oh, of course, yeah, just fix the gospels, obviously. Martin Luther would have done it. Thomas Jefferson did it. Thomas Jefferson did it, yeah. His famous holy, holy Bible. <laughs> <sighs> so, but yeah, I like that idea of. Uh, and also, like, let let's acknowledge yeah. that that epiphany moment. I kind of glossed over it, but mm-hmm. um, God, there is a theophany. There is a, an appearance of God yeah. in the baptism of Jesus, and every, that's a that's a big moment. The voice of God is available right. to those who can hear. And so, again, you have this first epiphany where the wise ones come and and recognize Jesus, and then you have this epiphany where God speaks out into the stillness, and Jesus is honored and and commissioned in a way. It's a a real important moment for the churches to acknowledge. I haven't always been great about acknowledging baptism of the Lord Sunday. Sometimes I get caught up in other things, and I think this year I'm hoping to bring Pilgrim back to recognizing our feast days and our holy days because i think it matters more yeah um it's crystallized in the time of covid Mm. as we try and make meaning day by day out of days that feel like they're kind of endless at times yeah i don't know if we have anything else between now and transfiguration Mm. well not 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 in terms of feast days i guess but we have smaller lesser holidays sure lesser holidays maybe no less important to us but Right. No, I think that's really good that you're doing that. It, it pulls us, it, this brings us back to the beginning of our conversation that we're in a lull right now. We're easing up, but that's that's important. That cyclical rhythm of life is so important. We can't be yeah. just going full throttle all the time. We'll, that's right. Yeah. But use this time, folks. Use this. I mean, if you're if you're hearing us now and you're approaching Baptism of the Lord Sunday here for us, it's going to be January 10th. Mm-hmm. Think Think about 
how his baptism is portrayed and why there are different baptism accounts and read how it's described in Mark, read how it's described in Matthew and Luke and, and reflect, think, think about what that means for you this year. Yeah. Um, There is so much more that we could pull out of the idea of the baptism. There's so much more that could be said. Uh, And please, those who are just getting ready to write their angry email, um, we know that we've missed stuff. We can only say so much in the amount of time that we have. (laughs) (laughs) Please, you know, send your angry email anyways. When people come up to you after worship and say, or remember when people used to come up after worship, and they would say, how come you didn't talk about this aspect of the scripture that you preached on. Why didn't you mention that aspect of scripture? And it's like, well, you know, that's that's a different sermon. Yeah. And I preach this one. And you're absolutely right. And that's fascinating. And thank you for bringing that and sharing Bible knowledge with me. I love it. But I, I can't do it all. We can just pick the mm-hmm. pieces we can pick. Yeah. So maybe this time think about who is Jesus? Mm-hmm. Who is yeah. he? As, you know, as the, the one that the wise men come to visit and and, and adore and, and to offer gifts to and as the one who goes to be baptized and is anointed by the Holy Spirit and, and proclaimed mm. by God as the beloved son. Yeah. Who, is, who is Jesus? And then what does that do for you? How does that That's stir right. your heart? We don't, we don't have a lot of rituals like this in the life of the church. You know, you're either yeah. having a baptism or you're not having a baptism. Right. We, we do, however, still have the Lord's Supper. Yeah. And both the United Church of Christ and American Baptist churches share these two um, instances for Baptist ordinances, mm-hmm. for UCC sacraments. Yep. Um, but, but these two remembrances are vital to our lives together and are really meant to be um, intertwined. Yeah. So if, if you never think about baptism at your Lord's Supper— you're you're missing a piece of your own commissioning into your life in Christ, and I think we should really revisit and invoke baptism at the at the moment of the Lord's Supper, and we should invoke yeah. the Lord's Supper, the communal meal at at baptism. They are they are fast friends, or they they should be in yeah. our faith lives. You know what I'm going to do, Charlie? You've inspired me. The yeah. next time we do Lord's Supper, I'm going to yeah. do it in the bay. I'm just going to get oh, in the water go. with a floating table. See, right now you're really bringing it home, Jonathan. And yeah. if you ever perform a baptism without communion bread in your mouth, <laughs> I'm coming for you, man. You know what? Sometimes our analogies just spin out of control. I'm going to one-up you. I'm going to do it with king's cake in my mouth. <gasps> Perfect. <laughs> now well, that's bringing it home. That's bringing it home. I think, I think uh, we're at a good place to move towards prayer. I love that. Let's yeah. do that. I have I have a prayer partner that we haven't I don't believe we've used this before. No. Um we're actually going to bring a Persian mystic into our prayer life today because um the Christ is referenced with an understanding mm. I feel of the Holy Spirit that really works. But now, is this I also is is this ahead. someone from a Persian mystic is someone from Paris, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Now this is Hafiz, okay. H A F I Z, one name. Um, Persian poet. I'm using a translation by Daniel Ladinsky, mm. and uh, this book has really been a nurturing volume for me. Um, Hafiz understood things about the Christian, the person of Christ, and and the universality of some of the themes of Christian faith and religion that he incorporates into his poetry, and I love it. Um, yeah. And it reminds me of the the wise the wise men That's who great. came to the birth of Jesus, who recognized that though they weren't necessarily Jewish or wouldn't necessarily sign on for team Jesus, recognized the power and the, and the, 
and right. the promise of God in Christ. Yeah, I think. It's, and who are we to say who God can speak through and who God can't? I agree, wholeheartedly. Yeah. So yeah. I'll pray. Jonathan will pray, and then we'll hear from Hafiz. Fantastic. Let us pray. Yes. God, we are in our in-between times, this liminal space where we've recognized the epiphany and the gifts of those that were not part of the family who came anyway, who traveled many miles to find Jesus in the manger. And so thank you, God, for their witness. However many there were, whatever their real jobs were, thank you for their acknowledgement. And help us, Lord, to stop in our own lives and have this same acknowledgement as we move from the gift of epiphany to the gift of the baptism of Jesus. Hmm. Yes, Lord, help us to see what you see, to be aware of the ways that you are moving amongst people we may not think belong, the ways that you are pulling in those that we are not sure should be a part of your family, and the ways that you continue to soften our hearts so that we can see what you see and that we can follow where you lead. Hmm. And now from Hafiz, Listen to this music. I am a hole in a flute that the Christ's breath moves through. Listen to this music. I am the concert from the movement of every creature singing in myriad chords, and every dancer, their foot I know and lift, and every brush and hand, well, that is me too who caresses any canvas or cheek. How did I become all these things and beyond all things? It was my destiny, as it is yours. My poems are about our glorious journey. We are a hole in a flute, a moment in space that the Christ's body can move through and sway, all forms in an exquisite dance, as the wind in a forest. Amen. Amen. That was really nice. Well, thank you. I wish I'd written it. Well, I... I, Great poems. Yeah, I don't, because I feel like if I could write that, then I should be writing others, and then that that's a sense of, you like... You should be a poet. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to be. You should be a poet. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Jonathan. I yeah. really appreciate thank your you, time. Charlie. This was fun. It's great to be back. Yeah, it's good to be back. It's good to have everyone back. And, uh, yeah, have a great week. Get some King's Cake if you can. It's, mm-hmm. it's quite tasty. I've got plenty at my house, so swing by. Um, we'll cut a slice for you. Oh, yeah, wear a mask. Take it off to eat, but, you know, we'll just give it to you, and you leave and go eat it in your car or something. Here, accept this humble gift from us. Now get out. Yeah, basically. That's that's, kind of like our podcast. Here, accept this humble gift from us. Now Now get out. Now get out. Everyone, have a good week. Go with God. Bye. Kitchen Table Spirituality is a part of the 12th Enough Network. Your hosts were Charlie Eastman, the pastor of Pilgrim Congregational Church in Southborough, Massachusetts, and Jonathan Malone, the pastor of the First Baptist Church in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. If you would like to send a comment about this episode or other episodes, you can send those to 12enough at gmail.com. 12 is written out. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at Facebook slash 12enough. And you can find past episodes and other things that go on at 12enough.com. That's where you can find all the past 40 other episodes of Kitchen Table Spirituality. Go to the iTunes and like and rate the show. Thank you very much for listening.
Well, Led Zeppelin is uh, an award-winning band. Indeed they are.